0: Imagine this. It's an ordinary Tuesday, but something's different today. You inhale deeply as you wait. You see the sun peeking through the curtains perfectly, and you internally whisper, ah, thank you. You know challenges will arise today, but you also feel grateful because without challenges, you wouldn't know ease. Without hardships, you wouldn't know slow, and without heartbreak, you wouldn't know love. My hope is to have you lean more toward the side of gratefulness, gratitude, In a world that has so much freedom to offer us. But a lot of times we are so controlled by our minds that we can walk right by it and never even experience it. This is Opaloma, and I'm your host, Casey Zaruba. Welcome. Hi, hello, friends. I'm so excited that you're here with me. I'm so grateful you're here with me. I have something fun to talk about today and I just need to preface this episode that if you hear amazing music, mariachi music in the background or my dog barking, I have a life and you can hear it because there is a house being built directly behind me and they got the music blaring. It's going to be a fun time. So just enjoy the music, enjoy the dogs barking, hopefully my kids won't interrupt me and let's get this show on the road. Today I wanted to talk about something dealing with our emotional resilience. Because here's the thing is like, so often I feel like when you see really strong people, when you see really successful people, when you see really confident people, when you see really healed people, we often think like, oh, they just grew up like that. We often think it's their personality. Like they were just born like that. I was born a little bit more shy and they were born really, really confident. And, you know, I think that when we assume people are just born that way or they are just naturally more confident, we assume everything's a little bit easier for them. And I think that's kind of – one, I think it's not fair, but I also think it's kind of an excuse or a pass for ourselves. I am naturally a little bit more confident, but I think that there's always some underlying thing in childhood that made us feel like we had to be that way, right? Right. I know that for me like when I was a kid, I would always have my family friends everybody say like, "Oh, Casey's the goofy one, she's the silly girl." And so when people say things like that, they're not meaning anything by it. It's nothing. There's nothing wrong or weird about people saying that. That's just like life. We do the same thing about our kids. But it it does label us a little bit and we feel like we have to fit that label. So then, you know, They might have been making that comment for just a moment, but now we feel like we've got to live up to the role. She's the confident one. She's the smart one. She's the athletic one, whatever it is, or he, whatever. And so I think sometimes we give ourselves a pass saying, oh, well, they've always been that way. You know, they've always been really confident. They've always been really healthy or whatever. And I think it's really important to know that when you see somebody really successful in their business, when you see somebody that's really emotionally mature and emotionally available, When you feel like you've met somebody who has done the work on themselves and they're really healed, there is a shit ton of hard stuff on the back end that you're not getting a front row seat to because it's private. And so I think when we see that, instead of having that that initial reaction of, they're just that way. We should be like, man, they did the work. Like, I want to do the work too. And it also, you are most likely just going to hear my kids this episode. I've already paused this episode four times, and I'm two minutes and forty seven seconds seconds in. But you know, same thing with what I was just saying. When you see someone really healed or successful or whatever, when I first started this podcast, I had made sure my podcast would edit everything out, and she still does edit most everything out. However, I want to start letting y'all know that I'm like building a business and I'm. I'm recording and I'm working on this mindset and perspective shifting business while I'm a mom and while I'm at home and while I have two four year olds outside my door. And all through summer, I'm going to do it with six kids outside my door. And so I just want you to never be able to give your excuse of I don't have help or I don't have this. Like I am the mom that's like, hey, here's snacks, here's the TV, watch TV. I need to record, and that's just life right now, right? Like I don't have a nanny. They don't go to daycare; they're in school, and we're about to be out for summer. And so. Just always check your excuses at the door. Leave them there and build your freaking dreams. So today I want to talk about seven different ways that you can become really emotionally resilient. I feel like in our day and age, we are all, there's nothing wrong with it, but we are all heavily triggered by things on social media. We are triggered by real life stuff. Like I feel like our teens are going through one of the hardest seasons that teens will have to go through because they have, I don't know if you can hear my daughter in the background. Sorry about that. But I feel like our teens are having to go through some of the hardest like middle, high school, elementary years that we didn't have to experience. They didn't. We didn't have access to social media. That wasn't a thing then. And so you had rumors at school and stuff like that, but they've got this whole other level of it. So as parents, I feel like if we can become emotionally resilient and emotionally strong, we're able to pass that on and teach that to our kids and have them be really emotionally resilient and strong when needed. I also think there's times that it's okay not to be, right? Because like we're human and we need to like totally feel our humanness in that as well. Okay, so let's dive in. The first thing that we can do to be really emotionally resilient beings is simply just leaning into how you feel. So often people run from it. And I'm an Enneagram 7. I'm a manifester on human design. So it's in my nature quite literally to run from pain, run from uncomfortable feelings. I feel things in my whole body. So like when I feel hurt or heartache, I literally just even saying that word, I felt it. I feel it in the pit of my stomach. I feel it so deeply. For so many years, if I thought something was going to bring me uncomfortable feelings or just discomfort in general, I would avoid it at all costs. If I think something is going to be sad, I don't want to go. I very much so avoid funerals at all costs, which not that anybody's like, yes, so excited to go to a funeral today. I know that nobody feels that way, but I will, I have skipped family's funeral. It's so hard for me. I just, I really struggle with it. And I don't think it's like a struggle with death because I'm a believer and like, I know where I'm going and I, I have a lot of peace about that. So it's not that it's just, I don't, I don't like sad things. I don't like, I am a happy girl at heart. I want things to be lighthearted, happy. And that's just kind of what it is. But Over the years, I've really leaned into feeling the hard stuff too. I've really leaned in when I'm sad to just stop trying to fake, stop trying to put a facade on that I'm not sad and tricking myself into thinking I'm not sad. If I'm frustrated or if I want to cry, I can just openly do that. And I allow myself to feel those feelings knowing they're uncomfortable, but knowing I cannot get to the other side of it if I do not walk through it so often we try to trick ourselves into getting the other side and taking like a side street. And it's just, it's not reality. It's not what's going to actually get us to the other side in a healed. We can ignore it, but we're not going to be healed from it. The next thing is number two is just speaking plainly about your feelings and just being really honest about how you're feeling and also just verbalizing those to yourself. Or if you have a partner, a friend, a bestie, whatever that you're speaking to, and just saying things like even, it doesn't, This is the other thing. It doesn't always have to be this magnificent, huge ordeal. It doesn't have to be like, I lost my life partner. I lost my husband. We're getting a divorce. I am not doing well financially, whatever it is. It can be small things of like, I dislike how I look. And after a long battle of trying to accept myself, I'm just, I'm feeling discouraged. I'm feeling ugly. I'm feeling. I'm feeling not proud of my body. You can also just say things like, I'm feeling anxious about my work situation. I recognize it's irrational. That is such a strong thing to tell yourself, by the way. Let me back up. When you do feel things, know that you're usually feeling them out of fear and out of possibilities of what could happen, not based off of reality and facts of what has happened. It's the the worst case scenario. It's what if. That's typically where a lot of our fear and stress comes from. So in situations like that, being able to say something to yourself like, I recognize this is irrational. It takes so much of the sting and the scary parts out of it. It's a really strong way to verbalize it to yourself. Okay, number three, find your motive. People that are really resilient and emotionally strong, they can always find the silver lining in things. You know, they can always find like Oof, this is an idea. We have ideal. We actually, I was just saying, look, I'm not announcing to this weekend, but I'll announce this weekend. So by the time you listen to this Monday, it will already be out. But we have not shared. We built our house two years ago. Beautiful, custom. We picked everything in it, custom as in we picked everything in it. We picked from a builder, but we customized this house to a T and it's beautiful. However, we just went under contract to sell it and we just went under contract on a new house that we're buying about an hour away in the woodlands. If you know anything about Houston, Texas, we're moving to the woodlands. And, you know, we moved into this house. We love it so much, but it's not, it's not our dream house, right? It's not our dream location, anything like that. And we thought the house being so beautifully aesthetic of what we wanted would really make up for the other things. And it simply hasn't. And now we're realizing, which this is no shock to anyone, myself included, that we should have, but on location and not on aesthetic of the house. And so that's what we did. And so we're actually moving about an hour away. The house that we live in currently, our new build is two years old. We are moving to a house that is 53 years old. (laughs) It's an old Tudor style. We're going to paint. It's brown right now. It is not cute. I'm just, I love white houses. So we are painting it white. As soon as we move in, we're adding copper. Just it's so Americana. Like the whole neighborhood is so Americana. The neighborhood that we're moving into is like My dream neighborhood, it's really the only neighborhood we were, there's so much to this story, but it's the only neighborhood we were interested in living in because we did not want another master plan community, which is what we live in now. Beautiful. It's just not what we wanted. We wanted to live in a, in an older neighborhood. We wanted character and houses. And so, but this neighborhood is very sought after and these houses legitimately go under contract in three days. And we live in a new build and there's tons of new construction. So we knew that our house was going to take longer to sell. It's been on the market about a month and a half or longer to go under contract. And so I stopped looking at houses in the neighborhood we wanted because they would go under contract in 48 hours. So we did not even look at houses until we went under contract on our house. 24 hours later, I flew home. We went and looked at four houses. By the time we got to the first house, there were already three offers on the first house. Like, (laughs) <laughs> we ended up picking a house that wasn't really even on our radar. We weren't super, super drawn to it. We went into and it just felt like home. It just felt like the right house. It's cozy. We're really excited about it. But it even isn't like dream everything. You know, it it has darker floors. I don't like darker floors. There's no bathtub in the master. I take a bath seven days a week. So it's there are some things that are tricky. However, I can find the silver lining in so many things. So perfect example, the house that we ended up putting an offer in, there were no offers zone on it, which was huge plus because they all go so quickly. The next morning, we'd signed the offer that night. We got sent the next morning first thing. By the time it got sent, they had a showing that morning and they got a second offer. So of course, my realtor's like, okay, you need to bring your best and final. And so we did, but we were ultimately, we were offering, oh, well, I don't really know if I should share that, but we were basically offering full price and 3% in sellers concessions. And I asked her if I could write a letter and send pictures of our family. She was like, yes, you can do that. I don't know that it will really have a pool in this market in this neighborhood, but yeah, you can do that. So I did it. Ultimately the, the realtor came back and was like, I am shocked. The other offer was better, but the family really wants you to have this house. They raised four kids here. Then listen to this. The neighbor next door has five little kids, five children, my kids ages, and they really want you to have this house with your six kids. And so it was just like such a God thing, but also like, you know, we didn't get those other houses and our house didn't sell as quickly. There was another house we wanted really bad, but our house was not under contract and they wouldn't take the contingency of our house going under contract. And we lost that house. And I can just see that such a silver lining. Now, this was the perfect house for us. And we would never have seen this house or gotten this house if we had landed on that other house. So just always really finding your motive, always really finding the silver lining in a situation. Okay, number four, learn to like humble yourself. Learn to be laugh about yourself. You know how If you just have like one thing after another, after another, after another, people will be like, honestly, at this point, like all I can do is laugh. Like how could I even get mad? Like everything that could go wrong is going wrong. So at this point, I am just gonna laugh. People that are able to do that and able to say that, they're able to not be so heavily affected by the hard things because they recognize so much of it is out of their control. And once we can grasp that so much of so many things Even the things that you were stressed about right now, so much of it is out of our, even things that I have that I feel a little anxious about right now, so much of it's out of my control. Even right now, like we go out of option period tomorrow, so that's why I'm waiting to share. People don't even know we're moving. Um, But once we go out of the option period tomorrow and we're in true like escrow, then then I can, then I feel like I will be comfortable sharing because the option period is where people can just back out and basically lose a very small amount of money. So just roll with the punches. Number six, I think I miscounted before. Sorry about that, guys. Let me look actually. Number six, yeah. Solve the problem. What can you do to actually fix the problem? What kind of action can you take to resolve whatever is really bothering you? You know, and like I was just kind of saying, there will be things that are out of it, your control. So really recognizing what's out of your control, releasing it, letting it into the universe, it will end up how it's supposed to end up. Let's make a list of what I can control in this situation. The number one thing that we can control, the number one thing that often gets us in trouble or makes things worse or makes things better are how reactive we are to certain situations, how reactive we are. You get to choose how you respond. You cannot choose what's happening in all situations, but you always, always, always get to choose how you react and how you respond. And I will tell you straight up, I have not always responded and reacted in a way that I'm super proud of, but I do feel like, I mean, maybe not every single time, but I do feel like the majority of the time I can acknowledge that and apologize for it. Even when I yell at my kids and I like utterly lose my shit and I always always go back to them and apologize. And I always let them know like what you did did not warrant the response I gave you. I was upset or frustrated about something else and I took it out on you in that moment. I'm genuinely so sorry. And I always do that. Like I think that's very important as parents that we are able to apologize and acknowledge things to our kids because I think that has the potential to build up a lot of resentment when we don't. So look at the problem, let go of what you can't control, release it to the universe, make a list of what you can control and let's focus on that right okay last one really reform yourself whenever you feel discomfort whenever you feel like you are you are just in turmoil like you are just struggling to feel aligned you i'm going to go a lot more in alignment here in the next couple months too but whenever you were feeling so so unaligned basically Just know that when you are discomfort, when you are sitting in discomfort, it is a call to change. Oftentimes it's because life, God, ourselves are demanding a better version of us. And the the thing is, is we would not feel that if a better version did not exist, A, a better relationship, a better business decision, a better business, a better friendship, a better home, a better life path, a better health and wellness path, whatever it is, just know that if you are feeling called and like pulled to live a life that is drastically or not drastically different from the one that you live, it's because there's a version of yourself that already has it. There's a version of yourself that can so clearly see that that is attainable to you, that it is pulling you to that life. So anytime you're like, oh my gosh, I hate this job. Like how many times have you said that, especially in your twenties, right? Like, I hate this job. I simply don't picture myself doing this. This actually happened to me and it really changed the – sorry if you can hear my kids right now. It really changed the trajectory of like my, my business, like what I was going to do for like work in my life. I used to work in the medical field for years and years and years and years. I was a – well, that's irrelevant. But I worked in the medical field for years. There was a girl I followed. I might have shared this in one, another episode. There was a girl that I followed and she was a flight attendant. And she would show herself just traveling everywhere. And she was also in her 20s. And I was also in my 20s. And I was so drawn to her lifestyle. And so I just like straight up messaged her. I was like, what degree did you get? What did you do? I, I see myself living this life. I remember just wearing scrubs and being in the hospital and being in surgery. I was a surge check towards the end. And just thinking like, this like isn't my path. I can see the benefit in it for a lot of people. But being in like a cold hospital surgical rooms, in surgery every day with people that are sick, that's just not, that's not where I'm at my fullest life. I need to be somewhere outdoors. I need to have more freedom in my life. I need to be like creative. I want to travel. I want to be free. Like I want to be, I want to unsubscribe to the matrix. I've talked about that a lot too. I want to unclick, like unclick me, take me off this ride, right? I want to do my own thing. And when I believed in myself enough to do that and started taking action toward that, my life changed forever and I just, I got into network marketing and I know network marketing and MLMs are like, you know, there's some big time haters out there, but, but I like forever will support this business model. A lot of times when people don't support it, it's because they are uneducated about it. They are thinking a pyramid scheme is the same thing as network marketing and it is vastly different. And also it's one of the best and easiest ways that a mom, specifically at home with her babies can make money and and not go to a nine to five, not have to put her kids in daycare. Like we have social media. If we're gonna be on social media, leverage that shit. Leverage that shit for your family, for your finances, for your success. I love being a mom, but to be totally frank, and this is gonna ruffle a lot of feathers, being a mom is not enough for me. And I feel like dads are allowed to say that all day long that they want to be a provider and a leader for the family, but like it's super taboo for moms to say that. I am business through and through. I am an entrepreneur through and through. I am a creative through and through. And I want to leverage that for financial gain for my family. I want to leverage that so I can travel and I can also have something for myself outside of being a mother for my children. And I love that role. I mean, one day when I get to heaven, I will like thank God over and over. I do it now too. Don't worry. I'm not like waiting to get to heaven to say thank you. I'm so grateful for that role because there was a point when I couldn't get pregnant for five years that I didn't know if I would ever have kids. And ultimately, if you don't know much about my family, we ended up adopting sisters from foster care. We adopted two babies in private adoption. They are not related, but they were both born in Florida, privately, separately. And then we ended up having two miracle pregnancies, a little boy and a little girl. That's Harvey and Lottie. So we have six kids and I am forever grateful for that, especially when there was years I never thought I would maybe even be able to be a mom. And so I'm so grateful for that. I also feel really confident that God's not like, I gave you kids. You better sacrifice your life for them. I just don't think I serve a God like that. I don't think you serve a God like that. I feel like if I have desires in my heart, if I have dreams to build something, he supports that. I support that. I'm running after that. Those desires did not get put there by me. You know, like I don't think I have that much power. So I hope you just feel filled up after this episode. I hope you're driving down the road. You got your bougie Starbucks. You're feeling good about yourself. You did your makeup and your hair today. Maybe your windows are halfway down. Maybe you're on your walk and you're moving your body and you're moving your mind. And I just want to say that I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for showing up day in and day out when crap gets hard, life is hard you know, we have the Groundhog's Day happening every day. You get up, you feed your kids, you go on a walk, you send them to school, you take them to the pool, whatever it is. You know, I'm proud of you for sticking with it. Sticking with your own healing journey, your own growth, your own business, your own friendship, your marriage, whatever it is. I'm freaking proud of you because it'd be easy to throw in the towel. There's my dog. See, somebody, everything's going to pop in this episode. So I love you. Have a great week. I'm believing. Blessings. everything over your life this week. I'm just believing so many good things that thing you're waiting for. I'm believing it to be in full motion for you this week, friend. Till next week. See ya. Close your eyes. Well, unless you're driving and then maybe let's not. One inhale. One exhale. You're doing it, my friend. You're changing hard things into new things and little by little, you're taking control over your emotions and your future. And I am so damn proud of you for that. You should be too. I feel honored to do the work alongside you. If you want to follow along my sweet, not so little family, you can find me on Instagram at Zerubalife and at OO.Paloma. Thanks for tuning in until next time.